Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroixy, and debuting in the studio with me for the first time, I've got the founder from the Comedy Green Room, David Rubin. How you doing? I'm great. How are you, Donovan? I'm doing good. We were already laughing before this <laughs> interview started. <laughs> Uh, listeners, I'm just getting all my laughter out of the way because you're the founder of? TheComedyGreenroom.com. Oh, right, all right, all right. And you are a comedian. Listen, you've had 40 years experience of great, rich comedy, right? Yeah, it seemed like I went to sleep at 18 and woke up old. <laughs> but you're not old. I'm not old, no. Okay. <laughs> just feels like that some mornings. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell anyone listening for the first time, any listeners who are listening, who are you and how did you decide that you know what? I love comedy. Well, who am I? I was a kid five years old that saw my first comic on TV, and I go, wow, you can get on TV for doing that? <laughs> that was David, listeners. David yeah. Rubin, yeah, five years old. Five years old, and then I always loved comedy through my childhood. I used to sneak down and watch The uh, Tonight Show on our parents' black and white TV. I loved all the comics that did their 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 five or six-minute sets. I loved Johnny Carson's monologue. Um, then when I was growing up, there was the Merv Griffin show. He had comics on there. In fact, Jerry Seinfeld did his debut on television on the, the Merv Griffin show. Oh, he did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then there was a Mike Douglas show, which was like a four to five in the afternoon show. Mm -hmm. So I'd come back from public school and watch cartoons and then put on the Merv Griffin show and watch the comics like Don Rickles and Henny Youngman and Groucho Marx was on once and uh, the Smothers Brothers. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they, it was a comedy music team. They mm. were really hilarious. So, you know, that's what I did. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard of those brothers, but you've met a whole lot of people in the 80s and the 90s, right? I actually met a whole lot of people from the time I was a little kid because my dad was a well-known Toronto jazz musician. And so I used to hang out at the bars since I was five years old, drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke, people. Diet Coke. <laughs> And uh, so there was a lot of musicians and comics. I, I met burlesque dancers. Um, but when I got into comedy in the 80s, there was like Yuck Yucks at 1280 Bay Street was a hub of Canadian comedy. And everyone from the States came through and Canada. So I got to meet like everyone I admired. Okay. All right. You can name some of those names. Some of those names. Um, American Sam Kennison, the screamer. Bill Hicks. Uh, Judy Tenuta, who recently passed away. R.I.P. And uh, Emo Phillips, who's probably the best comedy writer ever. And then Canadian-wise, Mike McDonald, Norm McDonald, Lawrence Morgenstern, Larry Horowitz, Kenny Robinson, John Wing, who I mentioned to you just uh, a few minutes ago, um, Alan George, which was a musical comedy team, uh, Harlan Williams and I started together, who went on to be Rocket Man and have a lot of success in the USA. And you forgot John Candy. I met John Candy. He wasn't doing stand-up then, but I did meet John Candy. And I met Mike Myers on, on Yorkville Avenue having a coffee. And I met the Martin Short mm -hmm. before he uh, broke big in the States. Okay. And Ron James, who's a big household name in Canada right now, who oh. does like theater shows. We used to compete for TV commercials and he always got them. 
<laughs> okay, so what was that like meeting John Candy? Because you know it'll be 30 years next year since he had passed away in March of 1994. Yeah, I think his son just got an award recently. He was a nice man, mm-hmm. and he loved sports. Okay. And I met him when he was still with SCTV. Okay. Yeah, and there was like him and Eugene Levy and, and, and the whole the whole crew there. Oh. So they were very nice. They were struggling artists like everybody else, and, you know, they they got lucky. Yes, and Norm MacDonald passed away, too, a he few years ago. He did. It was heartbreaking. Ago. Yeah, it yeah. was heartbreaking. When you met him, how was the mood like there? He was brilliant. Like, the first time I saw him, he was brilliant. He did a whole bit, bit about a bin of dogs. Like, he wanted to buy a dog, but he didn't know which one to choose, so he went into a dog store, and there was a bin of dogs, a, a bin of, like, small little dogs, and he was deciding which one he was going to take. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, hot dog dogs. Hot do- <laughs> Listeners off off interview and off like outside of this interview, I know this guy. So if he's cracking the jokes, he's cracking. He does this at the comedy room too, because that's how I met him at the comedy club. So <laughs> all right. So why don't we talk more about the comedy green room, right? Okay. You said social media has destroyed it. It hasn't why? destroyed it, it changed it. Okay. But it's okay. To me, it I got the impression that it's kind of taken away from it. It's taken the hits away from it, but social media has given me a whole different audience. Okay. Yeah. All right. How do you find? Um, well, I started it. I started going, I took a course on HTML in 1999 because I like to learn. So I took a Saturday course at a community center. I didn't have a computer back then. And I go, this is interesting. And then um, I got this idea because when I was starting in comedy, I used to go to all the newspapers in Toronto, like the Star, the Sun. Oh, I met. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson through comedy. Oh, you did? Yeah, through his uncle, who was a stand-up comic. Okay, okay, okay. Well, By the name of Slick Jackson. All right. Do you know what The Rock is cooking? Yeah, like $750 million. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's hear more about why this, what do you call it? you feel the culture of social media so, is changing. when it. I started in 2000, I went around to every comic in Toronto. I said, because when I was starting comedy, I used to clip out all the comedy clubs out of the newspapers, like the, the comedy store in Los Angeles, Yuck Yucks, whatever was around, I'd clip out their addresses. And and I'd actually like send inquiries about how I would get on. So in 2000, everyone was like going, is the internet going to last or not? <laughs> <laughs> 24 years later, yeah. almost, the internet is the biggest uh, thing. Big ever, huh? <laughs> I go to my phone, hey, Google, and it goes, yes. <laughs> so I, I went around to every amateur comic and every pro comic in Toronto, and I said, I want to do this website, putting you up free of charge and promoting your shows. And they said, you're crazy. I go, okay. So I, I learned my HTML, and then one, I, I was dating a, a woman who was my fiance, and she was away. And so during 2020, I started building this website, and I launched it on New Year's Eve 2021, and nobody wanted to be on it. Nobody, nobody. in 2021, nobody wanted in, to be in on 2020. it. In 2020. Okay, 2020. Yeah. Okay. So then New Year's, I guess, so what happened was my friend Kenny Robinson said, okay, who does the Nubian show at Yuck Yucks once a month and is a Canadian comedy icon, and I put myself on. 
And that was the only two comics. So then I thought, well, if no one in Canada wants to be on my, in Toronto wants to be on my website, then I'll go out to Western Canada. And I got some Western Canada comics. And then I said, you know, I'm going to go to the States and, you know, send some emails to some comics in the States. And I got some comics in the States, a couple who are, are very famous right now. One is uh, Carrot Top. Okay. And he was just starting to get well-known. And yes, he does prop comic, but he does it better than anybody else. And he has a residency in Las Vegas, and we all wish we had that. Yes. And the other one? Uh, one was Louis C.K., and yes, he's a bad boy, but he was still very funny. <laughs> and then... The uh, the other one was Jim, Ga Jim Gaffigan. Okay, I've heard of Jim Gaffigan. He used to do the Hot Pockets. Oh, Hot Pockets. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one was Ernie Adams, the guy that did the movie with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh. Yeah, so oh. I got those guys. That was about 2002-ish. Mm -hmm. And I kept going. And then I got, uh, I got one of my heroes, David Brenner, who I loved from the 70s, and Gary Shandling. We Another know Gary Shandling. Gary, the Larry Sanders show. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I got uh, Mort Saul, and I got Jackie Mason, who with the Jewish accent. Okay. You know the guy that apparently got um, banned from the uh, the Ed Sullivan show. Yes. <laughs> Everyone knows that story. He claims it never happened. Uh, yes. Anyways, <laughs> we're not gonna go in there. <laughs> and his daughter Sheena Mason's very nice, and she's a stand-up comic. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you've met them. So you've met them all, and you've given some of these people, people uh, some some free publicity. Okay. Then you know, I got an article. You remember the Metro Magazine? Yes, back the Metro paper. Yeah, yes. the free paper. Yes. I got I got an article in there in about two thousand and three. Okay. Saying how I was doing this for Canadian comedy and international comedy, and it was really I was really helping. Well, um, then I got a couple of comics from the UK and one from Russia. There was a famous Russian comic who came to the states, Yakov Smirnov. Why do I know that? He name? was in Moscow with the Hudson with Robin Williams. Ah. Yeah. And a whole bunch of other stuff and he did a lot of stuff on the tonight show okay so you've put a platform way before instagram instagram before, was not way even before, around way in before 2003. twitter way before facebook <laughs> yeah. and then i got um then i got so i got those people then i got charlie adams from england who was a writer for bob hope and through him i got his son paul adams who works the cruise ships and become one of my best friends and then I got a phone call one day and I picked up my phone and she goes, hi, this is Jennifer Lee Pryor. And I go, who's this really? And she go, no, this is Jennifer Lee Pryor. And I go, okay, how can I help you? And she said, well, you know that Richard's very ill and he, 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 he can't talk, but he still goes on the computer. And I said, well, that's great as long as he's communicating somehow. And she goes, well, he found your website. And I went, well, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And listeners, that's the the Richard Pryor, okay? Yeah. The Richard Pryor. Those young ones probably don't yeah. remember. They can him. Google him. <laughs> hey Google. <laughs> hey Google, who's Richard Pryor? Yeah. So she said, Richard wants to be on your website. And I almost fainted. And and they sent me the nineteen seventy two Tonight Show picture of him being on the Tonight Show. Wow. And then we were making we were making arrangements for me to go down and meet him and do a fundraiser for their charity, which was PETA. Really? Yeah. But did that happen? It did not because he passed away. 
Yes, and as listeners know, Richard Pryor did pass away. I believe it was 2005 he passed away. Somewhere around 2000, late 2004, 2005. Yes. So I missed that, and then we were going to do it anyway, but then Richard's lawyer said, no, we can't do it right now. Oh, okay. So I'm still in communication with her occasionally. Okay. Yeah, so that was cool. And that brought every comic in Canada to the website. Wow. Europe and the U.S. And then at one point I had like 350 comics about 600 comedy festivals and every comedy club across the globe. Wow. Yeah, including comedy clubs in China, Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah. So you're well-known, mister, so... Yeah, I'm a little well-known. All right, like so... Like, you know, a friend of mine went to Hong Kong and he said, I want to go to this comedy club there called HT Comedy, which okay. started in New York and Chinatown. Mm -hmm. And I just emailed the guy and got him two free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what about now? Like, how did it still take a hit? It still well, it seems... took a little hit, but it was like, I used to get a thousand hits a day, but then when social media started, it was starting to slow down. So I recognized everything was going through social media. So I changed the website, I redesigned it, and I put more focus on me and my friends and my charitable stuff, because I do a lot of charity for um, children with bowel disease and Crohn's and colitis. So I, I, I did more like towards that and my other charities, which is kids with autism and all that. So I streamlined the website a lot. I still do a lot of charity work. I just did a charity for LGBTQ2 plus at-risk youth in St. Catharines and Niagara Falls two weeks ago called Safe Space Niagara. Raising, How was that? It was a great show. Um, I headlined it and we had some great comics and we were raising money for a safe space in St. Catharines for any at-risk youth. Okay. Are there any LGBTQ younger comedians that There's perform? tons. There's okay. tons of them. All right. Yeah, a lot of them a lot of them do their own shows cuz some of some of the 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 other shows they find too rough. Oh, really? Yeah. Rough. Rough. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of a lot of female only shows cuz again a lot of females love to do like shows with men, but a lot just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> you know, comedy's always been male dominated. It has been, but okay. Now uh there's so many good female and and different gender comics. Okay, but are we allowed to tell a joke lately? Because it seems we can't say nothing. And I've been at the comedy club where you've hosted. Yes. Did you want to throw that out, by the way? Well, it used to be at the Royal Comedy Theater on Bluer and De um, Bluer and Dufferin, but that place is closed down, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. It was sold. Uh, Probably a condo. Okay. <laughs> well, so now it's at. It's at Harvard and Manning at 291 Harvard Street called the Ace of Spades. It's a beautiful location. And we did a show that we do a show there every we do a showcase every Sunday. And then we do after the showcase, which goes seven to eight thirty, from nine to ten thirty, we do an open mic that everyone can go on. All right. So are we able to crack jokes these days? It doesn't seem like it, it because it if I said- It seemed like it on Sunday. All right. Well, it seems like it when I do my Thursday show at the Groove Bar. All right. Well, if I say rough, for example, I laughed, yeah. but people might take offense to rough. Um, Some people do. Some people don't. You know, I used to do a joke about Caitlyn Jenner when, when she was first transgendering. <laughs> And it wasn't a rough joke, but it was it was spot on about the whole family. It was just not about Caitlin. Okay. You know? And one 
uh, transgender person came up to me and goes, I normally don't like jokes about transgender, but we all hate Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you say to that? Because you know certain communities can be very sensitive, saying you're being homophobic, transphobic. What's your response? Oh, absolutely. But my response is I'm just talking about current things. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking on anyone. I'm saying this is like what's going on now. Like I do a joke now about like, I don't care what, what the pronoun of your bathroom is. There's like 75 bathrooms in the mall. I would just like a clean one to pee in. (laughs) You know? I used to be frustrated with the baby bathrooms because they were so filthy. Like, moms, like, it's your baby. Clean up. Right. Okay. (laughs) So what do you want to tell those people that can't take a joke at all and they're already offended? If they're already offended, I haven't offended anyone. I'm saying I have to pee. Ah, ah. <laughs> but there are a lot of bathrooms. These there are a days, lot of bathrooms. And there are a lot of different pronouns. There are of gender, and you could be anything you want to be, but have a clean bathroom. I mean, I went into the bathroom here before the show, and it was like men are non-binary, and I looked around. This place is clean. Congratulations! <laughs> Not to mention all the students that go through it all day. It is clean. Listeners, the bathrooms are very clean. It's very, very clean. Yeah. So, okay, at the Ace of Spades, right? Yes. What can they expect? Um, they come on Sunday. I already know what it's about. I've been there a few times. Yeah. I've been to the old location, yeah. too. Actually, I kind of like the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades is very classy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very well set up. And uh, the comics just did their thing, and it was a mixed audience on Sunday. We had heterosexual couples, we had gay couples, we had lesbian couples, we had uh, couples that wouldn't admit they were together. <laughs> they do that? Well, yeah, they, they, they do, yeah, because people want to keep their business yeah. private, right? You know, um, they had a great time. There was all a bunch of different comics. There was about eight comics on the, on the book show, some of the up-and-coming comics in the city, and they had, it was a great show. We were full for that, the, the 7 o'clock show, and then the, uh, the, show, the show after that, it was like 21 open micers. 21. 21 open micers at four minutes a piece. And it was a good show. I mean, I it was half full and, and I left about halfway through, but it was a good show. And no one complained about anything at the show. All right. When oh. I when I do my book show at the Groove Bar on Danforth and Woodbine once a month on Thursdays, I'm doing it again uh, October 12th. We have a mixed crowd there, regular bar flies that normally come every day. And then, you know, comedy lovers and people that just happen to walk in because they smell the chicken wings. <laughs> And nobody ever complains. If if you're a good comic, they'll listen. If you're a terrible comic, they'll tune out. All right. So I think that's fair. All right. So what's your message to comics? What do you want to tell comics right now that they haven't experienced the Ace of Spades theater? Well, not theater, but you know, lounge, lounge, yeah, not theater. Well, the com- the, the Royal Comedy Theater was a theater. Yes. This yes. is more of like a. This would be a great place to take a drink to have a fancy martini or something. Okay. That's that's the kind of atmosphere it has. as Greek food and fancy drinks. Okay, what do you want to tell the comics that haven't experienced yet and haven't got you to should, tell their you should, jokes? You should go and practice and come and do the open mic. Okay, all and right. And then I do a Italian restaurant at uh, 
at uh, Ossington and Dan, Dan, Ossington and Davenport uh, once a month on Wednesdays. I'm doing it tomorrow, and that's a lovely Italian restaurant that has stand-up comedy. We're starting to get a regular clientele, and some of the comics were really rude, and they've got rid of them. You can be you can be dark and you can be funny. Um, but you don't have to use the F word after every joke to punctuate it. But what if that is just about comedy? What if that's who I am as a comedian? F this, there, F There's that. a lot of other rooms to do. Okay, so you can't use the F word. You can word. use it, but it shouldn't be the punchline of every joke. Well, what the F, what the F, what yeah. the F. As Richard Pryor wrote an article many years ago talking about how he talked, he goes, my mother was a madam, my grandmother was a madam, in St. Louis, Missouri. This is how I learned to grow up. He said, but I don't use the F word as my punchline. I use it to emphasize in my setup. Okay. The punchline shouldn't be F this, F that, if this, F that. All right. Okay, so it shouldn't be the, the punchline. Okay, shouldn't be the punchline, yeah. but if there is It has a, a place. If there is a comedian right now listening to this and they have a problem with that, what do you want to tell them? Because the, the, do what you want to do until you and if you if you're not getting anywhere, you have to reevaluate. Well, that's true, right? Yeah. But what if there are comics that they do laugh at the F word? That's every... great. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of clubs where they do like Dirty humor and cringe humor, and people love it. You know, everyone, there's different, you know, you've got to be able to take your act to different venues. Otherwise, you're just stuck in one one venue. Like, I'm known as the darkest mind in comedy, but I'm not dirty. But I'll, I'll touch on topics that others don't. Other comics think they're dark, but they're really dirty. There you're is not a, dirty? I'm not dirty. You've cracked jokes before. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, my whole act isn't like that. Okay, you're all that. But you've cracked, yeah. but I was there. Yeah, but I heard but a I'm dirty not, joke. But I'm not, but I'm not, like, every joke is not filthy. Okay, it better not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know there's there, there's a show in toronto that a friend of mine started many years ago at the comedy bar called the uh dirty north show there is a show called the dirty north show and it's on once a month at the comedy bar and they're allowed to, to... Do, nothing's on nothing is huh. so listeners that's uncensored that's uncensored oh. And some shows, like my show at the Groove Bar, uh, we say it's an uncensored show. But at, at uh, the Italian restaurant at Salto's, they say we want it to be HBO clean. And I say, well, not Dave Chappelle HBO clean because he can say anything he wants. <laughs> this is the guy that went on Saturday night and, and, and lit a cigarette and said, I can do whatever I want. I'm Dave F. and Chappelle. Okay. And he, he's right. Okay. But... <laughs> For people who are not Dave Chappelle, exactly, status. you're not going to light a cigarette on the tonight on Saturday Night Live. You're not, and we have to watch the F words yeah. and constant dirty humor, yeah. and we have to watch some of our LGBTQ jokes. Oh, absolutely, too. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the jokes. LGBTQ people do the LGBTQ joke okay. and do it very well. Okay, but has anybody who's LGBTQ got offended at those jokes? I haven't been at too many of those shows, but not at those shows. All right. But, like, sometimes they get offended at a regular comedy show. And, uh, you know, again, women that come to my shows, they, they like it. They like it because I love female stand-ups, and I've always promoted female stand-ups. And I do all-female comedy shows. And um, there's a lot of good female talent. There's a lot of LGBTQ comedy. And there's a lot of gay comics and non-binary comics, and there's also, mostly, there's a lot of confused comics. 
<laughs> Confused in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Okay, listeners. <laughs> All right. In a good way. <laughs> All right. Did you have a message for the listeners? What do you want to tell them about the comedy green room? Uh, you can go to the comedygreenroom.com, check it out. We love hits. I love getting emails about the site or recommendations. I do a monthly newsletter that I put out worldwide. And again, I had like 5,000 people before social media. And now I've got about 1,000, but I also put it on every social media platform. And then I, uh, I do a comic of the week where I spotlight a comic. I write articles about different comics around the world and they're in-depth articles they're not like hi how did you start comedy like what were your demons how how did you struggle how did you find success was it all worth it mm -hmm. kind of and they're all on the comedy green room and i do that i i've got about close to 100 of those and then i've got some other articles about different comedy contests that people were in that i sponsored and then i got some uh like people who just sent in like articles I always promote something every week. All right. Uh, I think this week is the light and not the spotlight. The light when you're supposed to get off stage, you usually get the light a minute before you get off stage and you're not supposed to go over it. Oh, okay. When I'm at the comedy, remember I was there and yeah. you did the flashlight? Yeah. Do you still do that? I do. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, you got to come down. Ace, throw that out again in case they want to come. Uh, there's I'm doing the the Saltos tomorrow night. Show starts at 8:30 at 11:32 Davenport Road, Ossington and Davenport. Then on October 12th, I'm doing uh, the Groove Bar at 1952 Danforth Avenue, New Woodbine and Danforth. Show starts at 9.30. And then this coming Sunday, I'm doing a spot at the Ace of Spades. I won't be hosting this week unless something comes up and I have to. I prefer to do a spot. You do? Yeah, I love I doing I like a spot. you hosting. I love though. hosting too, but not every single time. But I like it's you exhausting. hosting. It's exhausting. Yeah, but when I went, I didn't see you a few times when yeah. I went. I no, didn't you, see you. Yeah, for first timers, like people said they had so much fun with me hosting. Thing, um last Sunday I did I do it once a month ish you know I, I I'm not committing to anything once a week anymore because I got so many other projects going on okay all right is there anything else you want to say about the comedy green room you do the newsletter the spotlight anything else uh, you the want? comic of the week and uh then I book shows through that and I do a lot of charity work for uh www.nibdandkids.org Okay, so who was the comedy of the week this week? The spotlight. Yeah, the spotlight. <laughs> and the, the light. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the we, light. I wish we could. It's, we it's had called a TV Helpful show. Tips. <laughs> it's, it's called Helpful Tips. So I talk about bombing. I talk about writing. I talk about using the microphone. I talk about using the mic stand. I do a helpful tips all the time and they're on the website. All right, so who was our, who was our spotlight of the week? It was uh, how, how to behave at a comedy show when you get the light and not go over. Oh, okay. I thought and you know how I learned this right. is I used to watch the, the comics on this night show, like I told you, and some of them would go over their five or six minutes and then Doc Severson would play the music and their career was over. So if you, when you're on a TV show, they tell you you got five minutes. It's not 501 or 499. It's five minutes. So if you go over, you're, you're really ruining your chances of coming back. And in the old days, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, if you got a spot on The Tonight Show and Johnny Carson gave you the OK sign, you went from making $20 a week to making $2,000 a week doing comedy. 
Okay. That's how it used to be. Well, I mean, okay, did you have a person in mind who was that comedy spotlight, like a comedian's name this week? Um, I'm thinking about about it. I mean, I do other comedy spotlights. I may do one on you. Okay, you can <laughs> do one on me for Met Radio, but I'm not a comedian. Yeah, though. but you're a nice guy. Okay. And you, you love can... to laugh. Yes, I do love you to love laugh. You love to laugh. I know. That's I was... why I picked you out, because of your laugh. <laughs> okay, but you know Because it's dark there. I don't see a damn thing on that stage. Like, the lights are in my face, right? Uh, and then I saw your, I heard your laugh. Okay, yes. Okay, so uh, so then I could be the comedy spotlight of the week, Yeah, right? you may be at some point. Okay. I'll send you some questions. But then again, I'm not a comedian. It doesn't matter. Okay. It's uh, someone that loves show business, loves comedy. You love radio. Yeah. I love radio. Could this is what do... I wanted to do at one point. All right, could we do Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I can't get a hold of him now. <laughs> I knew him when he was 16 years old. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I was doing amateur night at Yuck Yucks. One of the comics on the show was his uncle, who went by the stage name of Slick Jackson. He was a very funny guy, had a really, really deep baritone voice. Oh. And he was also a wrestler. He was the brother of The Rock's father, wow. Rocky Johnson. And he got in, injured in a car accident and he couldn't wrestle anymore and he always wanted to be in show business. So he started doing stand-up and I met him at Yuck Yucks and he told me, oh, my brother's, I said, I love wrestling. Oh, you know, my brother's Rocky Johnson. And and I said, oh yeah, I, I just love, you know, I watch all the wrestlers and stuff and I knew about their tag team and stuff. And then he started going, oh, I, my, my nephew's going to be in. And it was Dwayne. Mm. And he was a chubby 16-year-old kid. Well, now today he's not a chubby. <laughs> and then three years later, he was a sunshine boy and he was really thin. And then all of a sudden he became this gigantic wrestler. He, he went to the Calgary uh, Stampeders and he got cut. He had a knee injury. He went into wrestling and now he's a megastar. Making $49.5 million. Dollars a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he seems to still be a really nice guy. All right. So throw out your social media platforms. Okay. Facebook. Uh, it's uh, The Darkest Mind in Comedy, um, The Comedy Green Room, The Canadian Comedy uh, Community, and then on Instagram, it's CGR underscore news, which stands for Comedy Green Room underscore news. And on Twitter, it's the same thing. Though I'm not using Twitter that much because I'm finding I'm not, no one really cares about my Twitter anymore. I guess it's now X. 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 Yeah. But nobody cares about my X. Okay. But they're not or my Y. Yeah, but they're not Xing you out, are they? No, no. I just not finding that a lot of stuff's changing on Twitter and it's not, it's not that beneficial for entertainment right now. Right. It's becoming very political and news and all that kind of stuff. All right. Okay. Any final things you would love to tell the listeners listening? Go out to a live comedy show. There's nothing better than a live comedy show. You can't duplicate it on Netflix. Though Netflix is good or Crave or all that, a lot of my friends have shows on that, but you can't duplicate the feeling of being at a live comedy show. Right. All right. All right. I thank you so much for coming in, David Rubin. My pleasure. All right, all right. For Met Radio 1280 AM, I am Donovan LaCroxy. I would love to thank. You can throw out the name again. TheComedyGreenroom.com, The Darkest Mind in Comedy. Thank you so much, David Rubin. Thank you so much. You're welcome.